Hi, this is Lindsay Miller, and you're listening to the Arkansas Times Week Interview Podcast on Friday, October 13th, sponsored by 42 at the Clinton Center. On today's edition, we're going to talk about the latest in the legal fight to stop a law that would keep Planned Parenthood from performing abortions in Arkansas, the cancellation of a rap show in Little Rock and its First Amendment implications, and a stunning investigative report on drug court defendants being forced to work for free for Arkansas poultry companies, and maybe some more. I'm joined, as usual, by Max Brantley. So the Eighth Circuit of of Court of Appeals, in sort of a surprise decision, said it would allow uh, a district judge's injunction against uh, a new Arkansas anti-abortion law to remain in effect while Planned Parenthood seeks Supreme Court review. Well, first of all, let me say this was a surprise, and I don't think I reveal any confidential information in saying the people in favor of abortion rights thought that this was not going to happen from the Eighth Circuit. What's gone on here is Arkansas in 2015 passed a law that said an abortion clinic that did abortions by pills, which were done in the first eight weeks of pregnancy, had to have a doctor on contract, at least, who had hospital admitting privileges. Well, the the anti-abortion forces are so mean and and threatening, no doctor is willing to sign his name to that. It's also, this was done as supposedly something to help protect women, but it's baloney. I mean, these pills are safe. It's it's, uh, safer than childbirth. There's just no need for a doctor. If if a problem develops in a very, very small number of cases, the doctor and nurses on staff there make a referral. It's just like you do when you have a miscarriage problem. Well, in, in any event, the, the bill was to shut down Planned Parenthood and to stop medicine abortions at Little Rock Family Planning, which is also provides surgical abortions. Christine Baker said no, the law was unconstitutional. It was a very thorough, well-reasoned opinion, and also it, it had been upheld by the U.S. Supreme Court in Texas on a very similar, almost directly analogous case. Well, the state appealed, of course, because Leslie Rutledge is against abortion, and that's the official policy of the state legislature. And the Eighth Circuit didn't reverse Baker, but said, well, we need some more information about just precisely the impact on the number of women by closing these Planned Parenthood abortion clinics and sent it back to her. But in the process said, we're lifting your injunction. The law will take effect when the law is in effect, which is now. Well, Planned Parenthood and Planned Parenthood first asked for the entire Eighth Circuit Court of Appeals to rehear the case. They wouldn't do it. And everybody thought the law, as soon as the mandate was returned to the court, that the law was going to take effect. Well, Planned Parenthood kind of threw up a Hail Mary. It's going to appeal to the U.S. Supreme Court and challenge the constitutionality of the law, and they asked for the injunction against the new law to stay in place until that appeal was heard. And given what the Eighth Circuit had done already, and it's packed with Republican anti-abortion judges, thought they were going to let the law take effect. Well, surprise, on a two-to-one vote today, without explanation, a three-judge panel said, no, we're going to keep the injunction in place. Seems fair, given that current U.S. Supreme Court law seems to favor Planned Parenthood and not the state of Arkansas in this case. But it was interesting. Uh, One of the two judges was an Obama appointee, one of the very few on the Eighth Circuit, and she is a woman judge. Isn't there only one? I think she may be it. Uh, And she's a woman judge, which may or may not matter, but probably does, from Minnesota, a progressive state. And she got assigned to the panel only because the guy who'd been on the panel retired a couple of weeks ago, Riley. 
And then one of the other members of the panel is not a regular Eighth Circuit Court member. He's a, he's a retired district judge from Iowa. He's a George W. Bush appointee, but you got to remember in 2003 when Bush was appointing people, sometimes they were sane. I mean, you, <laughs> you, you didn't have to pass this crazy litmus test. And so uh, in any event, so the, surprise, surprise, you can still get a medicinal abortion in Arkansas for the time being. And, of course, Rutledge says she'll appeal. And this was just one, one rare, small, temporary victory for uh, reproductive rights in Arkansas. So would the Supreme Court probably wouldn't hear it this term, would they? No. I mean, first the, the first thing they will decide is whether they will grant what's called certiorari. And that means they will hear arguments on it. And um, although, you know, there was one case from Arkansas, I can't now remember what it was, where they not only granted cert, but they, they just went ahead and ruled on it and said, no, this clearly is a laydown here, you know, but I, I don't think that'll happen in this case. So so they first of all decide they have to hear it, and then it's a year off. And so unless something weird happens, uh, I, I think this law doesn't take effect for a while. Now, we're still in a situation where we've passed all these other limitations on abortion. You know, you've got, you've got to go to a clinic twice before you can have an abortion in Arkansas and you've got to go through this, this sonogram procedure. They're just, there are any number and, and because, although not so much in Arkansas, but because long-term contraception has become so good. And that's also, by the way, something Planned Parenthood can provide for its patients. Uh, people are getting fewer abortions too. So the, the abortion rate is down. So, I mean, there, there's that. But, but the forces against abortion are not going to be happy until it's, it's illegal and, and unavailable in Arkansas. And they came pretty close. Okay. Well, let's talk about our sponsor, 42 at the Clinton Center. Well, I'm just still excited about them in the process of converting to 42 table and barn table. That sounds right. Sounds right. In, in any event, what it's a prelude to is a remake of the restaurant. Separate outdoor entrance. Don't have to go through security anymore. Uh, there's going to have a real live bar that you can go and sit and have drinks in, and they're going to serve dinner uh, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. That's not until the 1st of November, I think, when that starts. In the meanwhile, lunch, Tuesday through Saturday, it's as good as ever. So they're open for business in the midst of this changeover process. And uh, they got a lunch special every day. Good soup and sandwich, too. You know, half a sandwich and a soup, 10 bucks or a little bit less. Yeah. A lot of food, good food, well prepared, looks handsome, and it's a it's a lovely place. And go see that Mandela exhibit while you're there. Yeah, see the Mandela exhibit. It's it's small and moving. Yeah. Moving on, a concert by a Memphis rapper was canceled after Little Rock City officials expressed concern about violence because of past shootings at shows by the rapper uh, Memphis's Moneybag Yo. <laughs> well. Well, it turned out that who knew the Little Rock Police Department had an intelligence division? <laughs> That's kind of a mean thing to say, but apparently it does. And apparently they're keeping track of, uh, of musicians that come to town, at least of the rap persuasion, given the mass shooting that happened in, in the downtown club back in July. And Kenton Buckner noticed a, a show that was scheduled last night at the Metroplex, the old TV studio out on Colonel Glenn, this guy Moneybag Yo. And it so happens that he had, he's kind of a gangster rapper, I think. I mean, I don't think that badly misinterprets his, his genre. And uh, 
you know, one of his albums has him shooting the bird pretty dramatically at people, just to give you an idea of where he's, he's not, you know, he's not a Pollyanna kind of guy. But uh, in any event, he'd had two shows, one in Georgia and one in Mississippi, in which shooting had broken out in the crowd. In one of those cases, two people were injured. In one case, one person was killed. But I want to say, and this, this was kind of glided over in the discussion on this, he had nothing to do with it. He was performing in the club. It wasn't part of his entourage. He didn't shoot anybody. None of his people shot anybody. And and as somebody at Metroplex said to me when I called him last night about the show before it got canceled, he said, well, you know, you got we're going to have a lot of cops. We've added five. We're going to have 15 Little Rock Patrol cops. We're going to have our own 30 people security. We're going to have metal screening. And, I mean, we're going to anyway. And But Buckner had written them a letter a week ago expressing concern there wasn't enough security that led to an increase in security and Buckner was apparently and I was told by another source that as many as 50 Little Rock cops were going to be on hand in either uniform or plain clothes watching things there well the the first letter Buckner wrote about concerns about security got shown to members of the city board yesterday which was a week after it was written and they went through the roof they were I mean everybody they were mad they were scared they were nuts and the mayor the mayor got really involved about it and and they were and this came up at a city board budget meeting and there were a lot of unpleasant things said and and the Democrat Gazette overheard the mayor calling city attorney Tom Carpenter saying I want you to go to court and seek an injunction against this this concert and Carpenter at least said well you know we do have some first amendment issues you know prior restraint says you just can't stop somebody from having a concert over what might be said or done, particularly since it's so clearly content-based. Well, for whatever reason, uh, the concert promoter and Metroplex, I guess, is owned by Clear Channel, which is a big national broadcasting and media empire, decided to cancel the concert under the pressure and under all the... And so the Emergency City Board meeting was canceled. Well, as I observed this morning, there's some real problems here. I mean, number one, the city board is getting into police department management issues. That's a bad thing. That ain't that ain't their place. Uh, they think it is clearly. Mark Stodola, in, in a way, I wish they'd filed a lawsuit and gone to circuit court because I think they'd have been laughed out of court for asking that a concert be canceled because some shootings had happened in other states involving their performer. This is just nuts. I mean, I, I understand that rappers don't have a good name. I don't like some of the messages and the songs, all of this stuff, but you just can't you just can't do that. You just can't have content based prohibitions on people, which this amounts to. And and several people have pointed out, of course, that Jason Aldean, who was performing when the massacre occurred in Las Vegas, is in Verizon Arena tonight, tomorrow night, in, in sometime town, this weekend, yeah, in town this weekend, and nobody's saying cancel. And of course, he had nothing to do with the shooting in Las Vegas. You know, you might could say Moneybag Yo, his style of music creates some kind of atmosphere that bad things are going to happen. But are we really mm, saying, I think that that's BS. Or, I think it's BS. And are we really saying we don't trust the Little Rock Police Department to maintain security? That they're going to be certain kind of events? Say, nope, man, those those people are too dangerous for us. They just can't be here because we, we can't police them. This was, this was a sad commentary on the city of Little Rock in about 15 different ways, I thought.
Right. Well, I mean, we, we still don't have the full story from Power Ultra Lounge, but what we've heard is that there were rival groups in the crowd and that's what happened. And we know that the bodyguard was somehow involved of finesse two times, but there's no indication so far, at least, that the rapper finesse two times provoked the the incident. Right, no, there was there was some kind of group rivalry going on. All sorts of factors. Area. Now, now you could say that you need to make stronger efforts to make sure guns don't get in clubs. Yes, I mean, but it, it sounds like that the Little Rock Police Department did what learned its lesson from yeah, that I mean, and, I think and that acted. They were, they were planning to cover this as like it should. Do. I mean, they yeah. were going to be all over it. And, and I, I mean, as I say, there's a notion that it comes a point where we say with a certain kind of people, we just can't guarantee security. What a terrible thing. And, I mean, this is there's a racial element in this. Let's, yeah. let, let's not kid. I mean, Ken Richardson, a black city director, walked out furious last night. And, I mean, this is because this was black people involved. I mean, let's let's not kid ourselves. Well, and the city board is made up of people who are, you know, mostly old white people from the settled part of town, and they're just they don't get it. They're afraid of it. They don't understand it. And, you know, I'm not the biggest fan of Police Chief Kent Buckner, but I think he handled this pretty well. He he saw there was an issue where we needed to be concerned about security, if for no other reason than what had gone before. He met with them, and they had a plan and thought. They could provide security. And Buckner even said to the Democrat Gazette something like, you know, I, I really don't want to get in the business of saying who can and can't have concerts. Yeah. That's Maybe prudent. he ought to be mayor. <laughs> so finally I want to talk about something that is not especially uh, something that happened this week, although there was a lawsuit filed, and that's this this great investigative story that reveal which is the website for the uh, Center for Center Public for Investigative In- Reporting? Yeah, uh, put out and and so the the lawsuit that was filed this way alleges labor law violations by drug court defendants whose rehabilitation was required largely unpaid labor for Arkansas poultry companies, and that was filed in federal court in Oklahoma, and there's investigations ongoing in Arkansas and Oklahoma. Yeah, and it remains to be seen how serious Arkansas is going to be about it because here, here's the deal. Well, it turns out I'm a skeptic of drug courts for a variety of reasons. I think they can be good, but they can be poorly run. And, and th- th- this article was not wholly about drug courts because some of these guys came from other places. And some people have figured out a scam where you set up a little nonprofit agency and you get people referred to you by the court to rehabilitate them. And then there are a number of these agencies, and one particular in Oklahoma that's gotten pretty big at doing this, says, well, you know, we'll take your guys and we'll put them to work as, as late contract laborers at, at chicken plants, which is pretty rough work. And uh, you pay us. And so, and some of these poultry companies, and one of the big users of it is Simmons Foods out of Northwest Arkansas. They've got 120 guys currently in this status. And they say, oh, well, we pay $12 an hour. Well, they don't pay the guys $12 an hour. They pay the agency $12 an hour. And for that, they get rehabilitation, which is like a weekly prayer session and, and some back-breaking toil and, and food and shelter. And that's about it. And maybe at the end of their time, they might get some kind of little payment. Well, it amounts to slave labor. Well, what's even worse than that is it turns out when these guys get injured on the job and their workers' comp claims, in some cases, the workers' comp payments have gone 
to this so-called nonprofit, which is a nonprofit in name only. The people who run it make fat salaries, one hundred and fifty thousand dollars a year. It's it's a, it's just a scandal. It's just awful. And so now there's a federal suit in Oklahoma, and the Oklahoma people seem to be serious about investigating some of the working conditions and workers' comp thing. The workers' comp agency here says, "Oh yes, we really believe workers' comp should go to the workers." Well. Give me a break. This is We have one of the worst workers' comp systems in the country. We've screwed back the benefits to where they're just almost meaningless. You can't even, just about impossible to sue anymore for being injured on the job in Arkansas. And so we'll just see, particularly since Simmons is a major political player in Arkansas. Two weeks ago, Asa Hutchinson went to Siloam Springs to announce a big chicken plant expansion up there, which I guess some of these slave laborers might work in. And, and to announce that they're going to get all kinds of taxpayer benefits to expand a chicken line up there. Well, you know, this is this is the other side of it. It just it was a some other Arkansas companies have have used these workers at other times. Tyson took pains to call me this week and say that an arrangement they once had with another nonprofit entity had ended several years ago, and they don't use them anymore. And so that they they have distanced themselves from this, which is a good decision on their part. I'd say. But Simmons, as of last week, said they had 120 people assigned to them from these agencies, and I think it needs a long look. Yeah, well, we're, we're going to continue on it, and if any of our listeners out there know of similar arrangements in other drug courts, we'd yeah. love to hear and, about and it. what we've heard is, yeah, it's not just chicken industry. I, I think, well, wasn't there a story this week where a local sheriff they paroled some guy who was had been serving his time in county jail, and he was a hell of a good worker, and he was really hacked because he was losing his free labor because he'd been paroled. I mean, I, I think I think there's a notion of using prison labor that goes deeper than just the chicken companies. Yeah. Uh, well, we on the show take pains uh, to to stay in Arkansas, but we should. Talk national politics just real quickly, if only to work in a little on Bellicose, Tom Cotton, and the role that he's playing and Trump. Well, he's clearly become a key advisor to Trump. Uh, Trump's policies, whether it's on decertifying the Iran nuclear agreement or shaking swords at North Korea or getting out of climate deals, I mean, he's parroting Tom Cotton, it would seem my point of view that's not a healthy de- that's not a healthy development well so what do we think cotton's angle is on this well i mean he I, may I be a true risen, believer he's certainly risen to national prominence i think i don't think he's going to submarine Tom, donald trump but boy as trump's behavior becomes more and more strange you can certainly see your way to an, another candidate for president in four years and i think cotton's positioning himself for that uh-huh. now there's been some talk of a you know there's such a sh- perpetual shakeup in the Trump cabinet that maybe there's a cabinet position or CIA position or something in, in in line for Cotton at some point could be I don't know at least it'd get him out of Arkansas but it's kind of scary having him up there in a national security position too because he's uh, he's anxious to shoot guns at people and I'm not so much yeah yeah I mean it seems that he would be on the right of other cabinet members. Oh yeah, he'd be he'd be out there. Mattis and Tillerson yeah. and he'd he'd uh, fit the mold that Bannon likes. 
All right, well, let's let's leave it there and move on to endorsements. What well, I'm liking Narcos. I started watching the new Narco. You know, they they got Pablo Escobar. Now we're in the in the the, Medi, the Medellin cartel and competitors, and it's uh, it's bloody and there's a good bit of narco business in it, which is kind of interesting. It's yeah. I mean, it's just it's soap opera melodrama, and it's a little bothersome how much of it is is done in Spanish. So you're having to do subtitles, so you got to pay a little closer attention to the screen. But but it's okay. there's one engaging character, this top security officer for one of the for the cartel, and he's so that you've got this one guy. You kind of hope he'll come out okay. And I'll check it out. Got behind on my narcos. I'm excited about Mind Hunter, which comes on tonight. The new Netflix show that uh, David Fincher is involved in somehow. I know he directed the pilot. It's about serial killers. Serial, well, I'm, yeah. serial killers are okay. Yeah, yeah. That's uh, I could get into that. Uh, I am going to endorse, um, I guess, Apple Music reluctantly. I, I I don't like I don't really like the the way that it it works. I like Spotify better, but Apple Music has the Drag City label catalog, and I'm a big fan of that that label. And so I think they give you three months for free. So I decided to get it for a couple months. Um, I had many of these albums years work? ago. It's uh, like I hate to ask this question, but I've been seeing it on my phone. And I've, well, Spotify and Apple Music and Amazon Music—they're all about the same. You pay around ten dollars a month for access, essentially, to, to all their catalog. Well, which is basically all music. Somehow, and so you download it, or you—I mean, you can download it to your phone to listen to when you're not online. But like when I'm at work, I listen to Spotify and now Apple Music. And I don't it's have anything downloaded. It's just it streaming. You designate. No, it's whatever I want to listen to. It's if I want to listen to the Rolling Stones or I want to listen to. Uh, so you search through it. Money Bag like Yo. I listen to Money Bag Yo just a minute yeah. ago. Yeah. Okay. Um, but anyway, they they did, there are some differences in the catalog. They essentially have the same thing, but Apple has part of the way it's it's trying to make up lost ground to Spotify, which had kind of the early mover advantage, is by getting some exclusives and i don't know if drag city really factors into that because it's a kind of smallish indie label but they've got uh, artists like bill callahan and will oldham and the silver jews and on and on and on but i've i've been enjoying going through bill callahan's catalog uh, it's good fall music for backyard grilling or putting a paper fall. out yeah it's just a mind state well, it's true. The sun, the sun is at that right angle where the the light is pretty. It just doesn't feel right because it's still hot. Felt right earlier this week. It's not going to feel right tomorrow, apparently. Yeah, it's going to be ninety tomorrow. But anyway, go down to go down to forty two and get one of those big bloody marys, spicy bloody marys, cob salad, or maybe a big greasy drippy burger, and sit on the deck and pretend it's fall and forget about football because I think that's going to be kind of bloody. <laughs> All right, we'll leave it there. Subscribe via iTunes, give us a rating and review. It helps people find us. We'll be back next week. go to 42 and tell them we sent you.